Hey readers and writers, welcome to season two, episode 24 of Read and Write. So today I'm reading the first chapter of Grounds for Murder by author Tara Lush. Now Tara was a previous interviewee in season one and I was so excited to read her book for this reedy thing I do at the end of every month. So Grounds for Murder is the first in a series um, that she's currently writing. Um, we've got Grounds for Murder book number one. We have Cold Brew Corpse book number two and Live and Let Grind is the most recent release in October. This series is a cozy mystery series which just sounds so sweet and I can't wait to get into it. So let's do this. I gripped the bowl-shaped mug in my left hand so hard I thought it might crack, then eased off and took a deep breath. The aroma of rich, heady coffee hit my nose, and I almost swooned. The espresso's perfect, I murmured, more to myself than anyone else. Here comes the froth. In my right hand, I held a stainless steel pitcher filled with steamed milk. I hesitated for a second, and my cafe's best barista inched closer. I gave him a side eye and leaned away in the direction of the counter. Sorry, Lana. Didn't mean to invade your personal space. Fabrizio Bellisi was from Milan. He was something of coffee celebrity because of his artfully designed lattes. And also for his shirtless selfies snapped on the white Florida sands, just two blocks from our coffee shop. Pour the milk in the center, he said in that velvety accent. Slow, lento, slow. I say that to all the women, by the way. I rolled my eyes. He wasn't hitting on me. That was just fab. He gently flirted with every woman age 18 to 80. Sometimes it was charming, other times hilarious, and occasionally, like when I practiced my latte art, it was mildly annoying. But I tolerated his quirks because he was a Java genius. Fab, focus. I need to learn this if we're going to be a team for the contest. We are going to be the perfect team, I promise. You've been doing so well, and there's still a couple weeks to practice. You've got this. He pointed to the cup with a smile. I had to hand it to Fab. He was encouraging and loyal, despite his wandering eye. Jajangle of bells erupted over the strains of Fleetwood Mac playing on the internet radio. Just last weekend, I'd unearthed the four tarnished gold bells at a yard sale. After a bit of elbow grease, I attached them to a weathered fisherman's rope, then hung the whole arrangement on the front door so we could hear people coming and going. Fab moved away towards the register, while gesturing wildly. Keep at it! You've got the soul of an artist! Let it out, Lana! I cracked a grin while drizzling the milk into the espresso. There was a time, not too long ago, that I was a hotshot journalist pursuing a Pulitzer Prize in Miami and married to a handsome network news anchor. Now I was an aspiring latte artist on the island on Devil's Beats, the princess of purgatory. Okay, well, the manager of purgatory. That's the name of my family's coffee shop, and it's the coziest cafe on Florida's Gulf Coast. The name might refer to the underworld, but I aimed for a heaven-on-earth vibe. Or maybe I decorated this way because I was the one in need of salvation. A plausible conclusion after everything I'd been through in the fast, last few years. Purgatory was decorated in hues of weathered wood with sky-blue accents, and nearly every tourist who, stu- who stopped by took tons of photos. The regulars smiled the second they walked in. You could see their shoulders lower and the stress ebbing away from their bodies. The coffee shop was a welcome respite on our bustling island, which was jam-packed with festivals, quirky local boutiques, and a plethora of outdoor activities that left both locals and tourists in need of lax- in need of a relaxation station. And yet, despite my interior decorating skills, pretty lattes eluded me. 
My wrists felt like they were forged from tin and lubed with oil every time I attempted to rotate the mug and drizzle the milk into a heart-shaped pattern. Today, as I finished, I set the picture down and scowled at the design. It looks like a poop emoji. I looked up, searching for Fab. He was a few feet away, attending to a customer. I walked over to see him grinning at a woman with short, jet-black hair interspersed with deep blue streaks. Welcome to Purgatory. I put the warm mug on the counter. I'm practicing my latte art, so this one's on the house. Just made it, if you're in the mood for coffee, that is. She glanced down and, to my relief, didn't, rela- didn't laugh at my creation. Sweet! I expected her to grab the coffee and leave, but instead she dug around in the black crossbody satchel and pulled out a $5 bill. She stuffed it in the tip jar and smiled. Thanks for the free drink. I know what it's like to be a barista. Appreciate the tip. You here on vacation? That's what I loved about running my family's coffee shop. I could chat with folks all day, every day. People shared the craziest details about their lives, and I loved every conversation and every bit of island gossip. It was like being a reporter, only without the deadlines in the writing. But I tried not to think about that part because I missed storytelling so much. Heck, I even missed deadlines. Nope, just moved here. Leaving over at the marina on a sailboat looking for a job. You know of anything in a restaurant or bar? The woman took a sip and her dark eyes, eyebrows shot up. Girl, this is some great coffee. I shrugged modestly. We buy good quality beans from around the world here at Purgatory. My Fomart, though, that's the hard part, at least for me. Fabrizio here has been trying to teach me his mad skills. He crossed his arms and beamed. I suspected he posed like that because it showed off his muscular tan biceps that strained the sleeves of his t-shirt. She's an excellent student. The woman took another tip. A faint mustache of froth milk clung to her top lip for a second until she swept her tongue to make it disappear. I, pro- I could probably explain a few shortcuts. I used to teach foam art with new baristas in Seattle. I ran classes. She mentioned a well-known coffee chain. My eyes widened. No way, really? Could you teach me? Sure. Why is it so important to learn anyway? Your coffee's great as it is. You don't need the bells and whistles. Well, for one, it's good for business. Customers love latte art. And we're competing in the Sunshine State Barista Championships. It's being held on Devil's Beach in two weeks. I'd really like to win. We need some great publicity for the shop. I didn't say that I also wanted to win it because it would prove I was good at something. Ever since I was laid off from the newspaper, I felt like a total failure. Coming home seemed like admitting defeat. You worry too much, Lana. Of course we'll win, Fob said. The judges will love me. Er, us? The bells on the door jangled again, and an older woman walked in. She had short, silver-blonde hair, oversized rose-gold sunglasses, and wore a zebra-print mumu. She was trailed by a tall, blonde guy in neon green board shorts and wore a white t-shirt. He looked like he knew his way around a surfboard. Excuse me for a moment. Fab moved from behind the counter and went up to the guy. Lex Bradstreet, what's up, man? You know you're supposed to wear shoes in here. He and the surfer dude gave each other a chummy hug. Like most of the businesses in downtown Devil's Beach, we had a policy that customers were supposed to wear shoes. Sometimes people couldn't be bothered. Since we were so close to the public beach, they often tracked sand inside and I'd sweep up piles of it three or four times a day. As I was about to say something, no shirt, no shoes, no caffeine, the woman pulled out a large pair of black flip-flops out of her beach bag and dropped them on the floor. The surfer slipped into them when he slipped The surfer slipped them onto his tan feet. I turned my attention back to the woman with blue hair. Fab knows everyone around the island, I explained. Is he always so... She waved her hand and we both glanced at Fab. 
His lips were on the cheek of the woman in the moo-moo. Flirtatious? She nodded. Did he ask you to watch the sunset with him from his rooftop lounge? I winced. That was, that was his usual pickup line with women. He tried it with me a couple times, and I turned him down. And not just because I hated rooftops and heights. No, he stared deeply into my eyes and asked me what I desired. I think he got the message that my answer didn't involve him. It's pretty easy on the eyes, though. But I'm not in the mood to deal with that kind of mess at the moment. You know, a man mess. A giggle escaped my mouth. And an image of my ex-husband popped into my mind. I'm familiar with man messes. Fab has a sometimes girlfriend, but he's an incorrigible player. Fully admits it, too, so it's not like I'm talking behind his back. He's a hard worker and a great barista. Sometimes you gotta take the good with the bad. She lifted a muscular shoulder. She had rosy skin with lots of freckles. Exactly. Are you serious about teaching me latte art? Sure. You want me to pull a shot and do a test drink to show you? I tilted my head. Huh. If she was any good, perhaps I could hire her. We'd been slammed lately. And a look at the books last week revealed we had the budget for another barista. Dad told me I should make all the necessary decisions for the cafe. Sure, why not? Come on back. She held out her hand. Erica Penmark. Love the look of this place, by the way. Lana Lewis, good to meet you. Her grip was firm, something I appreciated. Her fingernails were the same hue as the midnight blue in her hair. With, all her, with her all-black punk rock aesthetic, she stood out among the cafe's decor, which was wash and beach shabby chick, right down to the perfectly distressed white wood antique furniture, the inspirational beach slogans painted on one wall, and the robin's egg blue pillows that graced the wicker furniture nestled next to the floor-to-ceiling windows. Thanks to the fact that Devil's Beach main drag was built on a small, barely noticeable incline, the view from, the, from one bank of the windows meant you could spy a hint of the glittering Gulf of Mexico a couple blocks away. I guess I gestured to the espresso machine. There it is. My baby. Erica let out a low whistle. Whew, that one, that's one sexy coffee maker. She walked around the stainless steel machine, studying it from several angles. Does she have a name? I grinned. Fia. And it's short for Sophia, as in Sophia Loren. Fia's got independent boilers, auto steam flush, and auto brew ratio with drip prediction. My mom picked it out and named her. With the proper amount of reverence needed to work a machine that cost more than my car, she faced the front. Nice to meet you, Fia. Mind if I do a few more mop shots? Be my guest. Here's the grinder and the tamper. I padded the electric shot tamper that packs the coffee grounds into a fully compressed, even, level puck of coffee. Whoa, I've never used one of those before. I always did it by hand. Manual tamping isn't consistent, I replied. But if you'd rather, there's a hand tamper. Erica became absorbed with the process of pulling a test shot. I stood back and watched her work. She was clearly an expert with quick, efficient movements. In between watching her, I scanned the front counter for customers. Since it was around 2 in the afternoon on Tuesday, it was a slow period. This was the time of day I loved purgatory the most. In the bright Florida light, with the overstuffed pillows on the sofa and the artfully peeling white paint on the wood tables, it seemed like a soft, ethereal refuge, a waiting room of heaven, even. She tasted her first shot and shook her head, then made a second and a third. By the fourth, she made two from the machine's dual spout and handed me one. I took a sip. Perfect. A grin spread on her ruby-red lips. Now for a cappuccino. Without a word, I took the whole milk, sourced from a farm on the mainland, out of the fridge underneath the counter. She again made a shot. 
The robin's egg blue mugs were already waiting atop the machine, and she plucked one from the nest and then poured the espresso inside. She splashed milk into the stainless steel pitcher and frothed it for 20 seconds. She used the little digital timer next to the machine, the wand making a satisfying hiss. With the blue cup in her left hand tilted about 30 degrees and the carafe in her right, she drizzled the milk to mix it with the espresso. A few tightly controlled flicks of her wrist led to the perfectly white squiggles in the cup, and then it magically took shape. A swan, I gasped. It was one of the most difficult latte art patterns, and astonishingly, it was better than anything Fab had ever done. You're incredible. She smiled, but not in an arrogant way. And I'm available. We both laughed. Listen, I'm actually the owner here, sort of. My dad technically owns the place, but I run it. Let me talk to him. I've only been in charge for a few months, and I want to get his okay. Can you come by at the end of the week? Maybe Friday? I'd like to study the schedule and see where we can fit you in. We've been pretty busy late, and I'd hope to bring in someone on before the winter tourist season hits. Absolutely. Works for me. I'm free any day, any time. Can give you references and everything. I'll bring a resume. Perfect. See you then. Erica walked away, and I busied myself with wiping down the counter. When I looked up, Fab was standing there with a sour look on his face. What? I asked. We don't need another barista. I don't have time to train another staffer before the competition. You and Barbara and your father are enough to handle. Barbara was our other employee who worked part-time because she also ran an art studio here on the island. My father was well. My father. Fab was well acquainted with his eccentricities. Come on. Erica obviously doesn't need much training. And we've been super busy for weeks. I'd eventually like a day off, you know. We stared at each other warily. This wasn't the first time that Fab had tried to pull rank on me, even though I was his boss. He worked at Purgatory. He'd worked at Purgatory for a year and a half. Well, I technically just started a few months ago. I had a nagging feeling that he hoped to manage the place and was irked when Dad put me in charge. Still, we had a solid working friendship, and I'd come to view the cafe's employees as a little family, not as crass or freewheeling as my old newspaper family, but one that was just as devoted but made better coffee. Maybe Eric could join our clan. Fab sniffed. Working every day isn't a bad thing. Not for you, anyway. You don't do well with downtime. I straightened my spine. Gah. Dad must have told Fab how depressed I'd been when I first returned to Devil's Beach after the layoff and the divorce. Still, why would he care who I hired? Unless he felt threatened by someone who was just as good, if not better, than him. He'd have to get used to it. I'm going to hire her. In fact, I ha might have her compete in the championship with you instead of me. We'll evaluate her capabilities this weekend. I grinned. What a brilliant idea. The two of them would be a formal pair and certainly wow the judges. Over my dead body, he muttered. And that was the end of chapter one of Grounds for Murder. If you're interested in reading more, you can pick up her books on Amazon. And I would recommend they're worth the read. If you like cozy mysteries, it's, it's short, it's quick, and it just kind of warms your soul and... It really makes me jones for a cup of coffee. <laughs> I'm going to have to go get one now. All right, readers and writers. Keep reading, keep writing, and go do what you do best. You got this. Read and Write Podcast is edited and produced by Deborah Zebarth. The music was written and performed by Zed Bradley. Audio effects were created by Red Octopus and Black River Phonogram. Show notes and previous episodes can be found at readandwritepodcast.com. Special thanks to Tara Lush, who let me read the first chapter of her work, and all the subscribers who make this podcast possible.
And that's it. Thank you for listening to the show. If you like what you're hearing, make sure to rate, read, and write on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you have a suggestion for a future episode, drop me a line. I'm always open to suggestions. Also, did you know that Read and Write publishes three episodes a week? Check out the podcast's YouTube channel for Write With Me Mondays live streams and 30-second book reviews on Fridays.